shoulder and shoulder muscles in action. Shoulder flexion. The two primary movers for shoulder flexion are deltoid, the anterior fibers, and the pectoralis major, the clavicular fibers. The two secondary movers of shoulder flexions are coracobrachialis and biceps, although a strong contraction is required. Muscles responsible for shoulder extension. The three primary muscles for shoulder extensions are one, deltoid, two, latissimus dorsi, and three, teres major. The secondary muscle for shoulder extension is four, triceps. Shoulder extension, deltoid, latissimus dorsi, teres major, and triceps. Muscles responsible for shoulder horizontal adduction. The two muscles responsible, the two primary movers are one, pectoralis major, and two, deltoid, anterior fibers. The secondary mover for shoulder adduction is three, coracobrachialis. Again, primary movers for shoulder adduction are pectoralis major, clavicular head, deltoid, anterior fibers, and coracobrachialis. Muscles responsible for shoulder horizontal abduction. One, deltoid, posterior fibers. That's the only primary mover. The secondary movers are are um, rotator cuff muscles, the infraspinatus and the teres minor. Again, shoulder abduction, primary mover deltoid, secondary movers, infraspinatus and teres minor. Muscles responsible for shoulder abduction. One, deltoid, two, supraspinatus. Deltoid and supraspinatus are the primary movers. Secondary movers, long head of the biceps. Keep in mind the long head of the bicep is also a secondary mover for shoulder flexion. Other rotator cuff muscles also assist. Shoulder adduction. Two primary movers for shoulder adduction are one, pectoralis major clavicular head, and two, latissimus dorsi. The secondary mover for shoulder adduction is teres major. Shoulder adduction, primary movers, pectoralis major, clavicular head, and the latissimus dorsi. Secondary mover, teres major. Um, internal rotation, shoulder internal rotation. 
primary movers, subscapularis, teres major. Subscapularis and teres major are the primary movers for shoulder internal rotation. Muscles responsible for S for uh, the secondary movers for shoulder internal rotation are pectoralis major, the deltoid, and the latissimus dorsi. Here is the smaller muscles for internal rotation that are the primary movers, subscapularis and the teres major. Good job. Muscles responsible for shoulder external rotation. Again, the smallest muscle. One, infraspinatus, and two, teres minor. A secondary mover for external rotation is deltoid, the posterior fibers. Again, external rotation, primary movers, infraspinatus, teres minor. Secondary movers, deltoid. Muscles responsible for elevation of the scapula. One, tra traps, the upper traps. Two, levitator scapula. And three, rhomboids. Muscles responsible for elevating the scapula are the traps, levitator scapula, and the rhomboids. They all pull it up. Muscles responsible for depression of the scapula. Lower traps, pectoralis minor, so the lower traps and the pectoralis minor, and keep in mind the pectoralis minor attaches to the coracoid, which is part of the scapula. So the, the, ter the lower fibers of and the pectoralis minor depresses the scapula. Muscles responsible for retraction of the scapula. Two muscles are rhomboids and trapezius. The middle trap. Middle trap and rhomboids retracts the scapula. Muscles responsible for protraction of the scapula are serratus anterior and pectoralis minor. Again, elevation of the scapula, upper trap, levitator scapula, rhomboids, muscles responsible for depression of the scapula, lower traps, pectoralis minor, muscles responsible for retraction of the scapula, middle trap, rhomboids, muscle responsible for protraction of the scapula, which is the forward movement, serratus anterior and pectoralis minor. Muscles responsible for upward rotation of the scapula. Primary is serratus anterior, the lower trap and the upper trap. Muscles responsible for downward rotation of the scapula are the rhomboids, the levitator scapula, and the pectoralis minor. Upward rotation, the 
serrated anterior and the upper and lower trap. Downward rotation of the scapula, the rhomboids, the levitator scapula, and the pectoralis minor. Muscles responsible for posterior tilt of the scapula is the serratus anterior, and the anterior tilt of the scapula is the pectoralis minor. Elbow flexion. The primary muscle that flexes the elbow is the biceps brachii. The second one is brachialis. Brachialis origin is in the middle part of the humerus and it inserts, just keep this in mind, unlike the biceps which inserts in the radial tuberosity, brachialis muscle inserts in the tuberosity of the ulna. The third muscle that helps with flexing the elbow is called the brachioradialis. The brachioradialis originates a bit lower for, compared to the brachialis. It originates on the lateral subconjular ridge of the distal humerus and inserts in the stylar process of the distal radius. It flexes the forearm um, at the elbow. So all the muscles, the muscles that flex the elbow are one, biceps, brachii, two, brachialis, which inserts in the ulnar tuberosity, and three, brachioradialis, which originates in the lateral subconjular ridge of the distal humerus and inserts on the styloid process of the radius. Muscles responsible for elbow extension. The muscle that's responsible for elbow extension is the triceps brachii. There's three parts of the triceps brachii. One is the long head. The long head originates from the posterior. Um, the long head originates um, on the inferior infraglenoid tubercle of the scapula, so right under the glenoid of the scapula. That's where the long head originates. Um, the lateral head originates in the posterior surface of the humerus, so right behind the humerus. The medial head originates also from the posterior surface in a, of the humerus, but also a little lower, inferior to the radial groove. All three inserts on the proximal end of the olecranon process of the ulna and the fascia of the forearm. So that's the primary elbow extensor, the triceps brachii. You have the long head, which, which originates right under the glenoid fossa. You have the lateral head, which originates from the back of the humerus. You have the medial head, also originates on the back of the humerus, um, but inferior to the humerus. Just the inferior aspect of the humerus. All three inserts at the post proximal end of the olecranon process of the ulna and the fascia of the forearm. 
Another muscle that assists with elbow extension is the arconius. The arconius origin, it originates in the lateral epicondyle of the humerus and then also inserts in the olecranon. So both the triceps and the conius um, inserts at the olecranon. The conius, however, originate from the lateral epicondyle of the humerus. Forearm supinator. The muscles that are responsible for supination of the forearm are as follows. Pronator um, supinator. The supinator helps with supinating the forearm. It originates in the lateral epicondyle of the humerus. So similar to aconius, keep in mind the aconius also originates in the lateral epicondyle of the uterus of the humerus. So the supinator also originates in the lateral epicondyle of the humerus. However, it also originates from the radiocollateral ligaments. Um, it also originates from the annular ligament. It also originates from the supinator crest of the ulna. So it's all over the place. The lateral epicondyle of the humerus, also the radiocollateral ligament, the annular ligament, and the supinator crest of the ulna. So it's, it's attaching to both the ulna, parts of the radius, parts of the, of the, of the humerus. Um, it inserts in the proximal third of the radius. So it inserts all the way in the, in the third part, the one third part of the upper radius. lateral, posterior, and anterior surface of the proximal third part of the radius. The biceps brachii is also a forearm supinator, and as we know, it, it inserts in the radial tuberosity. Uh, forearm pronators, the, the, for, the 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 muscle that's responsible for pronating the forearm is primarily the pronator teres. The pronator teres originates from the medial supracondylar ridge of the humerus. So not the not the medial epicondyle, the medial supracondylar ridge of the humerus. It also originates from the coronoid process of the ulnar head. So it's coming from the upper part of the humerus and part of the ulnar head. It inserts, it inserts in the lateral surface of the radius, which makes sense if you think about the function. Um, again, it originates not from the lateral epicondyle. The pronator teres does not come from the lateral epicondyle. It comes much more superiorly the medial, I mean, it does not come from the medial epicondyle, it comes from the medial supracondylar ridge of the humerus, and also, also the coronoid process of the ulna. Pronary teres, there's something else. There's something else I should have, I should have, I should have addressed you behind that ulna head. I didn't know you were back there. 
um, the muscle that also helps with pronating the forearm is a pronator quadratus. It originates from the distal surface of the ulna. It starts in the distal surface of the radius. And a muscle that assists with pronation is the brachioradialis. It serves as primarily an elbow flexor, but if you look at the positioning of the brachioradialis, it makes sense because keep in mind, keep in mind that the that the brachioradialis um, it starts at the styloid process of the distal radius. The styloid process of the distal radius is located um, is located um, laterally and so obviously the forearm has to be in a certain position to be able to work that way. Okay, uh, wrist extension. We'll save that for the next video, the next recording. Wrist extension. The muscles involved in wrist extension are Ascenter carpi radialis longus, Ascenter carpi radialis brevis, and the Ascenter carpi ulnaris. The sensor carpi radialis longus originates from the lateral supracondylar ridge of the humerus and inserts in the posterior base of the second metacarpal. The sensor carpi radialis brevis originates also from the, I mean, no, originates from the lateral epicondyle of the humerus. So rather than the lateral supracondylar ridge, the center carpi radialis brevis originates from the lateral epicondyle of the humerus, and it inserts on the posterior base of the third metacarpal, middle finger. And then you have the center carpi ulnaris. The center carpi ulnaris originates from the lateral epicondyle of the humerus and inserts at the base of the fifth metacarpal. Risk flexion. The three wrist flexors are flexor carpi radialis, flexor carpi ulnaris, and palmaris longus. Flexor carpi radialis originates from the medial epicondyle of the humerus. Flexor carpi and inserts at the base of the second metacarpal. Flexor carpi ulnaris originates from the medial epicondyle of the humerus, um, and the medial of the olecranon also. So the flexor carpi ulnaris originates from the medial epicondyle, but it also originates from the the olecranon of the ulna. Interesting. The flexor carpi ulnaris inserts at the PC form and the hook of hamate. 
Again, Flectocarpi ulnaris originates from the medial upper condyle of the humerus and the medial aspect of the olecranon and inserts at the PC form and hook of hamate. Third one is Palmaris longus. It originates from the medial upper condyle of the humerus. So pretty much all the wrist flexors originates from the same area. Um, with the exception of Flexocarpial narrows, it also originates from the medial upper condyle. So back to Palmaris longus, it originates from the medial upper condyle of the humerus, and it inserts at the distal half of the flexorotenaculum and Palmaris aponeurosis of the second, third, fourth, and fifth metacarpals. So it, so the risk extensors are the extensor carpi radialis longus, the extensor carpi radialis brevis, and the extensor carpi ulnaris. And keep in mind that the extensor carpi radialis longus originates from the condylar, lateral supracondylar ridge of the humerus, not the epicondyle. Risk flexors are the flexor carpi radialis, the flexor carpi ulnaris, and the palmaris longus. Keep in mind that all three originate from the medial epicondyle of the humerus. However, the flexor carpi ulnaris also originates from the medial aspect of the olecranon. And also keep in mind that the flexor carpi ulnaris inserts at the PC form and hook of hamate. Risk ulnar deviation. Muscles result that leads to risk ulnar deviation are the extensor carpi ulnaris and the flexor carpi ulnaris. Remember that the extensor carpi ulnaris originates from the lateral epicondyle of the humerus and inserts at the base of the fifth metacarpal. Flexor carpi ulnaris originates from the medial epicondyle of the humerus and the olecranon and it inserts at the PC form and hook of hamate. Radial deviation. Radial deviation is facilitated by the extensor carpi radialis, the extensor carpi radialis longus, extensor carpi radialis brevis, and the flexor carpi radialis. Extrinsic finger extensors, superficial and deep layers. So for the extensors of the four of the fingers um, and the wrist, you would have the extensor carpi radialis longus, the extensor carpi radialis brevis, extensor digitorum, the extensor digiti minimi, and the extensor carpi ulnaris. Keep in mind the extensor carpi ulnaris is what's further out. Um, just but for the sake of this podcast, focusing on the finger sensors, we're going to be focusing primarily on the sensor digitorum, the sensor digiti minimi, of as the superficial layers of the extrinsic um, finger sensors. The sensor digitorum um, give rise to the extensor tendons, which has lateral and central bands. 
the lateral bands of the tendon inserts on the basis of the distal phalanx of digits 2 to 5. The central band of the tendon inserts on the middle phalanges of the digits 2 to 5. And the extensor digitorum, it's, of course, we know it sends the digits 2 to 5. Um, so keep in mind that the extensor digitorum gives rise to the extensor tendon, which has lateral and central band. The extensor digiti minimi inserts itself into the extensor expansion on the distal middle phalanx of the fifth digit. And it, <clears throat> it has the responsibility of extending the fifth digit along with the extensor digitorum. You have the, so those are the superficial layers um, for the finger extensors, the extrinsic finger extensors. It's the extensor digitorum and the extensor digiti minimi. The deep layer finger extensors um, are, or the deeper muscles of the forearm are, all of them are the supinator, the abductor pollicis longus, the extensor pollicis brevis, the extensor pollicis longus, and the extensor indice. But just to fix, for the sake of this podcast, as we're focusing on finger extensors, we won't be including the supinator. Um, so the deep muscle finger extensors are the abductor pollicis longus, the extensor pollicis brevis, the extensor pollicis longus, and the extensor indice. The abductor pollicis longus originates on the middle finger of the posterior radius and ulna, and also from the interosseous membrane. So the abductor pollicis longus originates from the radius, ulna, and the interosseous membrane. <clears throat> abductor pollicis longus inserts on the metacarpal, the first metacarpal, on the lateral side of its base. The extensor pollicis longus originates from the ulna and the interosseous membrane. It inserts itself via tendon on the base of the distal phalanx of the thumb. The extensor pollicis brevis originates from the radius and the interosseous membrane. It inserts at the base of the proximal phalanx of the thumb. That's the extensor pollicis brevis. The extensor indice originates from the distal ulna and interosseous membrane. It inserts into the extensor hood of the phalanges of digit 2. Okay, so a quick review the extrinsic finger extensors are the extensor digitorum and the extensor digiti minimi. The deep layer of the finger of the extrinsic finger extensors are the abductor pollicis longus, originates from the ulna, interosseous, and radius, the extensor pollicis brevis, which originates from the interosseous and the radius, the extensor pollicis longus originates from the ulna and the interosseous, and the extensor indice 
which also originate from the ulna and the interosseous. So those are the are the superficial and deep layer of finger extensors. Finger flexors and layers. So the finger flexors, um, well, the muscles within the forearm, we have are the flexor carpi ulnaris, we have the palmaris longus, we have the brachioradialis, uh, I'm going to start over. So the finger flexors um, uh, of the and the muscles of the forearm, the superficial muscles we have, are the brachioradialis, the pronator teres, the flexor carpi radialis, the palmaris longus, and the flexor carpi ulnaris. So those are the superficial layers. Um, for the sake of this specific podcast, I'm going to be focusing, I won't be focusing on the brachioradialis, I won't be focusing on the flexor carpi radialis or ulnaris. Um, we'll be focusing just on the <clears throat> and we won't be focusing on a pronator terrace. We'll just be focused. I guess we won't be focusing on anything. Um, nothing superficial since none of those actually move the fingers. They're all involved with the risk. So, um, I guess I learned something new. All the finger, f- all the muscles of the forearm superficially, um, does not have, at least for the flexors, does not have any involvement of the finger function. Um, however, there is the intermediate layer, which includes the flexor digitorum superficialis. The flexor digitorum superficialis originates from the medial epicondyle, the it originates from the medial epicondyle, of the humerus, the coronoid process of the ulna, and the radius. It inserts via split tendon to the middle phalanges of digits two to five. And the responsibility of it, of course, is to flex the middle phalanges and the metacarpophalangeal joints. It does not have any involvement with the distal interphalange, distal phalange. So the finger flexors of the forearm that we rev- that stringer finger flexors we have so far, um, is located intermediate in the forearm is an intermediate layer, and the only one we have listed so far is the flexor digitorum superficialis. And then if you move on to the deeper layer, we have three deep muscles of the forearm. We have the flexor digitorum profundus, flexor pollicis longus, and pronator quadratus. For the sake of this section, since we're just focusing on finger movers, um, we're just going to be focusing on flexor digitorum profundus and flexor pollicis longus. Um, so finger flexors, astringia finger flexors are just three. Flexor digitorum superficialis, flexor digitorum profundus, and flexor pollicis longus. 
We already reviewed the origin and insertion of the flexor digitorum superficialis. It originates from the medial epicondyle of the humerus, the coronoid process of the ulna, and the radius. The flexor digitorum profundus originates from the ulna and the interosseous membrane. It's, the flexor digitorum is deeper, so that'll help you remember why it originates from the interosseous membrane. And then you have the flexor pollicis longus, which also originates from the interosseous membrane and the it also and the radius. The flexor digitorum profundus inserts itself at the distal phalanx, distal phalanges of digits two to five. The flexor pollicis longus inserts at the distal phalanx of the first digits. Okay, so that was it with the finger extensors, extrinsic finger extensors and extrinsic finger flexors. The extrinsic finger extensors are the extensor digitorum and extensor digiti minimi for a superficial layer. The deep finger extensor layer are the abductor pollicis longus, extensor pollicis brevis, extensor pollicis longus, and extensor indice. Finger flexors, extrinsic finger flexors are the flexor digitorum superficialis, the flexor digitorum profundus, and the flexor pollicis longus. Finger movers that are innervated by the ulnar nerve. Um, we're going to start first with palmaris brevis. Palmaris brevis is um, originate from the flexor retinaculum and palmaris aponeurosis. Um, and the function of it is to essentially uh, cause wrinkle on the skin to help with grip. The next muscle group we're going to be focused on is the lumbricals of the hand. Lumbricals three and four. Lumbricals three and four are bipanate. So bipanate and opposed to unipanate, which is the case for lumbricals one and two, um, the lumbricals that's innervated by the median nerve. The lumbricals innervated by the ulnar nerve, three and four, are all bipanate. So keep that in mind, and that'll help you understand um, where they originate and insert. So since they're bipanate, um, they originate on the medial and lateral side of the tendons of tendons of the lumbricle and insert into the extensorous expansion of digits two to five dorsally. Um, and that's the case for all the digits. But what makes them but the origins of the of one and two, it's just the lateral sides, three and four 
originate to the medial and lateral side of the flexor tendons. I'm going to repeat that. So lumbar codes one and two originate the lateral side of the long flexor tendons and they're all unipinnate. Lumbar codes three and four originate from the medial and lateral side of the long flexor tendons since they're bipinnate. Both lumbar codes one and two and three and four inserts at the extensor hood of the dorsal at sensors, the sensor hood, dorsally. So that's it with the lumbricals. We're going to focus now on the the and the well. Let's focus on the hypothenar muscles. Hypothenar muscles. So we have three: um, the abductor digiti minimi, the flexor digiti minimi and the opponent's digiti minimi. The abductor digiti minimi originates from the PC form um, and it inserts itself at the proximal phalanx of the base, the, the proximal phalanx base. Um, flexor digiti minimi originates from the hook of hamate and the flexor retinaculum. And like the abductor digiti minimi, it inserts itself at the proximal phalanx. So flexor digiti minimi and abductor digiti minimi share the same insertion site. But the abductor digiti minimi originates from the pisiform and, you know, in some cases, sensor carpial narrows. And the flexor digiti minimi originate from the hook of hamate and the flexor retinaculum. Similarly, the opponent digiti minimi also innervates itself at the flexor retinaculum. However, it inserts itself at the metacarpal, the fifth metacarpal. I'm going to repeat that again, um, and we'll start with opponent's digiti minimi. Opponent's digiti minimi and flexor digiti minimi have the same origin. They both originate from the hook of hamate and the flexor retinaculum. However, they do not share the same insertion. Opponent's digiti minimi inserts at the metacarpal. Flexor digiti minimi or inserts at the proximal phalanx base. Flexor digiti minimi, however, share the same insertion site as the abductor digiti minimi. Abductor digiti minimi originates from the paciform, and like the flexor digiti minimi, it inserts itself at the proximal phalanx base. That's it with the hypothenar muscles. We already reviewed the lumbrical muscles. So now we're good to go on to the palmar 
and dorsal interossites. Um, the dorsal interossites are bipinnate, so they originate on the adjacent side of the metacarpal. Both sides of the metacarpal. They insert at the lateral side of the proximal phalanx of digits 2 to 3 on the to the medial side of the proximal phalanges of digits 3 and 4. Keep in mind that you don't, the dorsal terrasite does not, again, it does not have any at all interaction to the pinky or the thumb. Dorsal interosity is just for the middle finger, the and the two, the index finger and the ring finger. Okay, so again, the dorsal interosity bipinnate, they originates on the from the metacarpal, both sides. Insert into the lateral side of the proximal phalanx for digits two and three. So for the index and for the index and middle finger, it inserts in the laterals. For the index finger, it inserts itself on the lateral side, the middle finger, the lateral and medial side, and for the ring finger, the medial side. So that's it with the dorsal interosite. Then we're going to move on to the palmar interosite, which are bipinnate. And so unlike the unlike um, the dorsal interosite, it has its involvement in the pinky and the thumb. It has involvement in pretty much all the fingers except for the middle finger. Um, it's unipinnate, so for the first palmar interossi, it's usually not developed or is absent. And it originates on the medial side of the first metacarpal. Um, the second, and it asserts in the proximal phalanx. The second palmar interossi our side originates on the medial side, the medial side of the second of the second metacarpal and inserts itself in the proximal phalanx of the second digits. So keep you know a good rule of thumb for the palmar interossi is that it originates and inserts onto the same digits since it's unipinnate. Um, the third palmar interossi originates on the lateral side of the fourth digit and insert on the proximal phalanx of the fourth digit. The fourth palmar interossi originates on the lateral side of the fifth metacarpal and inserts itself into the proximal phalanx of the fifth digit. So that's it with the dorsal and palmar interossi. Keep in mind, dorsal is bipinnate, and it only has it involvement in the index, middle, and the ring finger. The palmar interossi unipinnate. Um, it has involvement in all the digits except for the middle finger. Um, and a good rule of thumb for the palmar interossi is that it originates and inserts onto the same digits, um, but it originates from the metacarpal and inserts at the base of the proximal phalanx.
that's it with muscles um, that move the fingers and are innervated by the ulnar nerve. Intrinsic finger movers of the digits um, that are innervated by the median nerve. And we are going to start with the lumbricals. So lumbrical one and two are the muscles that are innervated by the median nerve. Unlike the three and four, they're all unipennate. Um, they originate from the lateral side of the flexor tendons um, and they insert onto the center hoods. Um, so median nerve originate from just the lateral side. Keep in mind ulnar nerve originates from the medial and lateral side, but we're just going to focus on the lumbricals one and two, which originates in the lateral side of the long flexor tendon and inserts itself at the dorsal hood. Then we're going to be looking at the femur muscles. So the femur muscles of the hand includes the opponent's pollicis, the flexor pollicis brevis, the abductor pollicis. Um, the opponent's pollicis originates from the flexor retinaculum and trapezius and trapezium. All three of the muscles of the thenar actually originate from the flexor retinaculum and trapezium. Abductor pollicis just have a little extra something. So opponent's pollicis originate from the flexor retinaculum and trapezium and it inserts itself at the metacarpal, the first metacarpal. The flexor pollicis brevis originates from the flexor retinaculum and trapezium and inserts itself at the at the proximal phalanx. The abductor pollicis also, like the other two, originates from the flexor retinaculum and trapezium. However, However, it also originates from the scaphoid. So all three originates from flexor retinaculum and trapezium, but abductor pollicis also originates from the scaphoid. And like the flexor pollicis brevis, the abductor pollicis inserts itself at the proximal phalanx, the base of the proximal phalanx, but more on the lateral side. Um, so that's it with the muscles innervated by the median nerve. I'm just going to go over the adductors is just in the same location, um, but that the adductor pollicis is innervated by the ulnar nerve, but I'll go ahead and describe it. Describe it. So it has an oblique head and a transverse head. The adductor pollicis oblique head originates from the metacarpal, two and three 
and also it comes from the capitate. The transverse head originates from just the shaft of the metacarpal, of the middle finger, the third metacarpal. So again, the adductor pollicis um, oblique head originates from the metacarpals two and three um, and the capitate. However, the, the transverse head originates from the metacarpal shaft. Um, both insert at the proximal phalanx base. Um, so just like the, uh, just like the abductor pollicis brevis, the flexor pollicis brevis, um, the adductor pollicis also inserts itself at the base of the proximal phalanx. And that's it.